Hello and welcome back to the Cisco UKI podcast, the podcast where we take the acronyms out of tech and we put the fun in. You're tuned in to one of our monthly Tech Talk episodes, a spin-off from our main podcast where we deep dive into an area of technology with some of our favourite Cisco experts. In this month's Tech Talk, we're exploring the Cisco Partner Channel. Dom, Happy New Year. Thanks so much for joining us on the Cisco UKI podcast as our first guest of 2023 for our, our monthly Tech Talk. So we always kick off our Tech Talks with a super fast fire round. So um, there will be some like kind of stressful music edited into this podcast. So if you can start by telling us what is your name? My name is Dominic Pierce. And what is your role here at Cisco? My role at Cisco is to lead the UK and Ireland Channel Partner Organisation. And how long have you been at Cisco? I've been at Cisco for nearly 16 years. Wow. And tell us a piece of technology that you could not live without. A piece of technology I could not live without. Um, my, my Garmin um, Phoenix running cycling watch nice nice choice and we didn't give you any prep for this but is there a fun fact you can share with the listeners of the Cisco UKI podcast on the spot fun facts that I can share um, so I grew up in Birmingham um, and in the 80s in Birmingham the biggest TV show was one of the biggest TV shows in the country it was called Crossroads it was Crossroads Motel uh, very famous, there's a guy called Benny in it, he wore, a, he wore a blue hat and he was a very famous character in the 80s. Um, and uh, Crossroads Motel was actually the way the place they filmed was just down the road from where I grew up and where my school was. And whenever they needed a school scene, they would use my school um, as the backdrop. So I've appeared in Crossroads Motel, I think it was twice, it might even have just about been three times. And in one, I actually had a speaking part. Wow, an actual opera. And I said, a teacher said to me, good morning, whatever my name is supposed to be. And I said, good morning, sir. I mean, oh, delivered, still quite impressive. delivered like a true professional there. Yeah, still well got, done. I've still got it now. I've still got it now. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks so much for that, Dom. Nice to, to hear a wee bit about you. Um, so to kick us off, like um, we've mentioned to you at the start of this episode, we like to do our tech talks to kind of break down an area of technology usually within Cisco. But we want to do a focus this month on our channel, so like our partner organisations. Um, and what we really want, well, what I want to start with is just to keep everything really simple for people who maybe aren't aware of like the mechanics of how a big tech firm like Cisco operate. Can you just explain what we mean to people when we talk about us working through the channel and what we mean about partners and resellers on a really kind of basic level? That's a really good question. So um, <laughs> there's Cisco, along with most of the largest global hardware and software technology vendors, um, does most of its business through a channel, a, a group of partners. So what that means is that we do not go directly to our customers and sell them our technology. We don't go and do the implementation of that technology ourselves in general. Uh, we don't invoice those end customers 
directly. Um, what we do is we um, we have created this this channel, as we call it, of in the UK alone, literally thousands of organisations, believe it or not, even in the UK, thousands of organisations, globally, it must be in the tens of thousands of organisations who, who get up every morning to do to do a few things. Number one, they they have on their mind to go position Cisco technology um, to their and our mutual customers. They um, they often will you know do, do the design work and the implementation work of that technology because clearly as much as we like it to to all be Cisco technology it never is so they need to integrate different different uh, different vendor technologies into a solution that actually works for an end customer. Typically, they'll then go and they'll support that technology for for its lifetime, whether that be through a more standard kind of break fix um, type type of relationship or through a managed service. Um, and then I suppose increasingly in our world, as as we as Cisco move more into being a uh, a software-led vendor, uh, as we and you know we're still very focused on hardware as we move more and more into the software space. Those partners are really focused on making sure that those end customers have secured the maximum amount of value from what they've bought. Um, so we we cannot scale to to go and operate, you know, to get to go and talk to the many thousands of customers we have in the UK ourselves. And we very much want to be out there ourselves, you know, evangelizing and positioning our technology to to the, the top end of those customers and to our partners to allow them to go and um and add their value around around their top and technology and, and make um you know make a good business out of it. Great response. That was very succinct. You answered my next question, which was going to be why? Why do we have a channel? But that is kind of why. It's the scale aspect, isn't it? We simply can't reach as many customers well, with you know, again without without going, you know, I am not going to give you, I don't have the precise numbers, but but there are in the hundreds of people at Cisco UK and Ireland uh working with working in the sales type capacity, there are in the tens of thousands of people across our partner community so the scale um of, of what those partners can deliver in terms of not only the you know the frontline sales but but then the implementation services which we we clearly couldn't scale to do those thousands of projects that are going on at any given time to then supporting it um at, at the back end um and to making sure that they realize all you know all the value of that investment that that's got to it's got to scale through these literally as i said thousands of, of incredibly capable partners that have grown up working with Cisco over um, what, over the last three decades. Yeah. And you're relatively new into your role um, as channel lead for the UK, Dom. It was last summer, wasn't it? Correct me if I'm wrong, that you started within this role. But what was kind of your biggest learning having taken on the channel role and, you know, the importance of our channel business um, in the UK? Was there anything that shocked or surprised you? The, the biggest learning was my ignorance of our channel business, and I, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to admit. So I, I'd worked for the best part of 15 years in in our enterprise business, and what that means is basically the largest handful, top 100 or so, biggest private sector customers. I'd always worked in various different guises around those customers, and I worked really closely with loads of great partners over that period of time, and thought honestly that I had a pretty good handle on their businesses. Um, what motivates them, uh, what success looks like for them. I'd always kind of prided myself on, on trying to understand that. But actually, until until I walked into the job itself and a few weeks in, I hadn't I hadn't actually realized just just how enormous um 
this 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 engine is around around us just just in the UK alone, never mind globally. Um, the capability that, that some of our, our partners have, I, I knew that they could do good stuff with Cisco networks or you know uh, Cisco security or Cisco contact centers, for example. But but some of the some of the the, the creative work that they do with our customers to enable those customers to deliver on all the, you know these enormous digital transformation programs. You know, think think about the pandemic. Think about the pandemic. How literally millions of people in this country moved to work from home in what in a week. Uh, imagine if the pandemic had hit 10, 15 years ago. Now, companies like ourselves and other big vendors created this great technology that allowed that to happen. But it was our partners that were getting the phone calls from from those executives at those organisations saying, "Can you get me five hundred contact centre agents working by Monday? Um, can you get me ten thousand laptops so I can get my people working from home by Tuesday next week?" Uh, it, was, it wasn't us or the big vendors doing that. It was it was partners. So so really getting under the skin of of that that capability they've got the huge I keep using the word scale but the huge scale they've got to you know to to keep to keep this this enormous you know economy um growing um it, 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 it's kind of blowing my mind a little bit um and how complex how complex their businesses are you know we we we, we, have, we have the Cisco lens we see Cisco and we see our customers in, in my old job um they, you know, they're working with dozens of different vendors in loads of cases to to, to make all this technology work um, across across application development, across infrastructure, working out how to how to get the connectivity to those customers. The complexity is enormous, um, and, and 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 without them, that that whole response to the pandemic and the, the way that we got through it as we did um, could never have happened. That kind of leads on to my next question, which is around the fact that. Obviously, lots of the partners that we work with, they'll be multi-vendor partners. So they're not just selling Cisco solutions. But so how do we as Cisco sort of engage and, and motivate and build relationships with our partner channel to inspire them to to offer Cisco solutions to their customers when obviously there's so much competition in the market? Well, it inspires a really good work because we have to. I think I think maybe 15 years ago we didn't probably didn't need to inspire them because we had some pretty unique technology. And a, and a less mature competitive environment than we have now. So, you know, we need to be treating our partners as end customers and selling to them, uh, not just selling through them. You know, I, I'm I'm really clear on that, and and I treat our partners very similarly to the customers that I used to look after in my in my old job. We we have to, we can't we can't take anything um, for granted. So there, there is there is a case of inspiring our partners through through our innovation. Um, uh, and, and you know, and, and at a raw technology level, we have fantastic tech, and our partners love working with fantastic technology. But actually, it's got it's got a lot broader than that. In in the last, I think even in the last handful of years, if you look at the way our customers are making decisions around what they buy now, they buy them, you know, on on other less tangible across less tangible factors, such as you know, what what is the what is the approach of that partner and that vendor to to, to the environment in which they work, to the communities in which they operate, to to the planet. You know, what is their what is their stance on sustainability? Do they actually do good in the communities in which they operate? You know, this term social value has come up increasingly in the last two or three years, particularly as government government agencies and and, and the public sector look to procure technology. You know, they're, they're making decisions not just based on price 
and referenceability of, of previous projects that that partner and vendor have delivered. But on those on those really tangible aspects, you know, how 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 might a company like Cisco and its partners invest in the technical education of the less privileged students in that area, for example, could be a way that we win business. So, so there's definitely a sense of community that we're trying to grow. Sorry, not we, we have a great sense of community with our partners, but we're trying to really build on that because, because the oldest cliche in the book about people buying from people, but, but I think there is an innate sense of trust between Cisco and our partners. When we say we'll do something with our partners, we follow through on it. We don't do that direct business, like direct between the vendor and the and the end customer that, that many of our um, many of our peer large technology um, providers do. We are partner centric. We are loyal. We are trustworthy. We do do good work in this country through things like the Net Academy and and our stance on on, on social justice and on 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 sustainability. And if you ally that to this great technology we've got and the innovation that we bring. I think that that's why we 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 built we built this really successful partner ecosystem around us over years and decades. Yeah, and like, what would you say? If, you know, you you said that we are super loyal to our partners. We really build up that relationship. What would you say to maybe some smaller partners that aren't Cisco customers? Still have those myths that were a complicated. You know, they don't know where to start. They don't know what support they have to start them on their Cisco journey. What would you be saying to those partners that might be listening? Well, first of all, I'd be honest with them and say that we can we can be complicated. I'm not I'm not going to um, <laughs> I'm not going to uh, try and say that we're the, we're the simplest organisation in the world to do business with. We have an incredibly broad portfolio. Um, we have a you know a huge um, different array of kind of ways of becoming a Cisco partner in, in terms of in terms of you know what, what, in terms of identifying the value that that partner can bring and then putting them in in the right part of the ecosystem so that they they thrive as part of it you know it, it's not the most simple thing to do but what i would say is that the way that we onboard our new partners and see them build and thrive is is by using our distribution channel so the distributors of those organizations that sit in between cisco and our anything outside of our largest handful of partners and, and they do a huge amount of, of great work, not only in terms of, you know, physically ordering, holding and managing the logistics around hardware shipments, which is a traditional role of a distributor, but, but a huge amounts of value add in terms of understanding our software portfolio and actually at the base level onboarding our partners to become Cisco partners. It's very easy to become a Cisco partner. It probably takes minutes or, or you know, I'm exaggerating, maybe hours to do to get the absolute base level. But to progress to a point where you're actually be able to, to, to build a business around that and, and really become successful, we see that, that, that those three distributors that we have in the UK and Ireland are absolute. We've had there's four distributors across the UK and Ireland. They're absolutely critical to that. Um, so, you know, partners who are listening to this who are thinking maybe they're dealing with other vendors, maybe they're thinking about working more with Cisco. It's really about making contact initially and then and then us allowing those distributors to really manage that that onboarding and that ramping process over over that initial months and you know months and years as they as they become larger. And what does the support network within Cisco look like from like a human perspective? So you obviously lead a team of of people within Cisco who are dedicated to supporting the channel network. So what does that look like? 
Yeah, there's, well, there's there's lots of different ways of answering that question. So, so we have um, my team have 50, there's about fifty or people in my team who who largely get out of bed every morning to manage probably the largest forty or so of our partners in the UK and Ireland. So they're they're very proactive. I suppose what people in the industry might call very high touch um, model. You know, in in talking to those partners physically on site with them, helping to really understand. Um, not just our technology direction, but also um, how to be the most profitable um, with Cisco, how to best use our our programs, leverage our programs to, to make themselves as successful and as profitable as possible. So that that and that that's a very significant chunk of our business, even though it's a handful of partners. Beyond that, we then have a sort of a, a virtual coverage model with with people who are based remotely, but who have um, who cover probably another hundred or a couple of hundred partners um depends on kind of how you define that um very much not not reactive but but very much very much serving serving as human beings but but very much using um trying to be trying to be clever in terms of scaling and 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 using again using our programs to, to get those partners to be successful rather than having to do everything bespoke each time and then and then the vast the vast swathe of partners in terms of in terms of what you might define as that commercial support or, be, or, or learning how to work with us and, and, and be successful with us, I do think distribution is, is, the main, is the main way they achieve that. Although, of course, in terms of a support organisation for incoming you know, queries or um, you know, a, lot of, a lot of partners will, will, will back off the sort of break-fix support to Cisco as well. So that, that's clearly a, a way that Cisco will support them through our our, our tech organisation, which you know most people in the industry have heard of, which is you know world leading in terms of how we how we actually support our hardware and software, <clears throat> and make sure it works. Um, it works twenty four seven. They have access to that as well. Um, but honestly, we we can't scale to have human beings talking to to the to the two thousand plus partners that we have registered in the UK, um, and to have not nor would the partners want us to be showing up and saying hi. What do you need us to do today? Um, it's um, and, and I suppose just one, one final thing is that we also then have partners who are very specialised. There are some very, very capable generalist partners that can do almost everything across our portfolio and across the tech stack. And then there are others who, who may have a particular specialisation in, in in cyber security or in um, contact centre I've mentioned earlier, or in specifically in that this new sort of this new hybrid work world they'll be very successful. So we we then also if we see partners with that sort of niche capability. We'll, we'll then introduce specialists, as you, as you guys know, um, to, 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 to work with them um, to develop that, that very niche capability. They may not be interested in 90% of our portfolio at all. Um, and that's, a, that's another very um, important thing I would say about our partners is that being niche is not a negative. Being famous for something and being really good at one thing, being brilliant at it, is probably the way I've seen most partners get most successful most quickly rather than turning up and trying to be all things to all people yeah i agree we, we have we have a huge mix of as you say niche partners larger partners that can do it all and um maybe more transactional rather than you know being in the the weeds of it um and some partners have actually dedicated people on site so there is a real mix what would you say to our partners is you know their greatest growth opportunity if you were to kind of pick a part of our portfolio or a segment 
uh, small business, um, into what you think is the greatest growth opportunity? What would you say it would be? Um, the first thing I'd say is that you look at all the research, and I'm sure our partners know this better than me, but you look at all the research that companies like Garner have done over the last few months. And, and whereas maybe five years ago when there was an economic downturn, executives at our customers would have looked to cut technology spend probably as quickly as any part of their costs. Now they're all saying to, to, to the analyst organizations, technology and digital spend is the last thing that they will they will cut. So we're definitely in the right industry. I'll, I'll say that for a start. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's a real positive, despite, you know, the headwinds that we know we're going to face in the UK, uh, particularly, I think, in the next 12, 18 months. Um, in terms of our portfolio specifically, you know, we, we're obviously dominant in, in, that, in that networking space. We have a significant market share. Um, I think the biggest criteria is probably going to be the, the, the most um, obvious adjacent area to that networking business, which is, which is cybersecurity. We're making enormous investments in R&D. Uh, we've made some very significant acquisitions in that cybersecurity space in the last um, three or four years. Um, we know that there's a, you know, that, that there seems to be a consolidation happening in that market, and many of our customers and partners are having to manage dozens, if not hundreds, of, of different vendors or with a very specific capability in, in that cybersecurity space. And we think that the combination of our technology the story that we're now able to tell around Cisco's relevance to cybersecurity, building out from our strength in the network, which clearly touches touches everything, whether it be the cloud, whether it be the endpoint, whether it be you know the campus, the home worker. Um, that I think is probably going to be the biggest growth area amongst several others. And my next question is about: Can you tell us a little bit about an event that we run called Partner Summit? So. I think we held it, it was in November, is that right? Back in November. Yes. Um, and obviously we hadn't done it because of COVID and the pandemic. But yeah, can you just give us a bit of an insight into what happens at Partner Summit and what the importance of that is for us? Yeah, so before COVID, and, and again now, uh, Partner Summit is an annual event. Uh, it takes place uh, normally in the US. This time it was it was in Las Vegas. Next year it's moving to Miami. Um, anyone who's bored of Vegas will be delighted to hear that. Um, and it is an opportunity for um, several hundred, if not low numbers of thousands of our partners to come together in one location. Um, and, I, and I think if, if before I'd gone, before I went there for the first time, which I did in November, I'd have said the, the primary reason for going would be to would be to get access to the most senior business and technology executives at Cisco to understand our strategy, our direction, to understand how we're going to evolve our go-to-market with and through our partners, um, how this, you know, I mentioned already, this increased focus on software and making sure that, that our customers squeeze the amount of value out of, out of what they bought, this kind of life cycle approach. It would be a case of being, being able to hear from and talk to and interact with those senior people who are who are setting the strategy and also to feed back into them. So that, that was always going to be my main, you know, my main sense of the value of it. But actually the, the, the equal value from it, having having spent a few days there in November, is all of the partners talking to each other without Cisco being present. And and the amount of interactions that that our partners have with each other, with us facilitating but not 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 taking part, 
um, their ability to talk about the, the opportunities, maybe the challenges of working with us, despite them being fierce competitors in the UK market, was just was just mind blowing. Just just what I got. I used the word community earlier, but there, there really is a sense of community, and 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 several execs from our partners told me that at least fifty percent of the value of that event comes from um, their ability to, to speak to each other as much as to hear from and interact with Cisco. Brilliant. Yeah, just before it's so nice. I think that like events like that are happening again and. And virtually, it's great to be able to do things. But I think there's nothing really like the energy of being in a room around other people. And even just before Christmas and the Scotland team, for example, we had a partner event where we had a load of our partners come and join us just for some pre-Christmas get together and a bit of a thanks for the year. And also just to allow them to all kind of get together. And it is amazing. And I think even the partner landscape is maybe it's a tech tech world thing it's such a small world and like they all know one another and they've probably worked at various different organizations and it's just nice it was so nice just to sit down and chat and the the buzz you know the buzz that was in about vegas honestly was i've been to i don't know 15 plus events sales conferences and all sorts of different summits and events in vegas over quite quite a few years and it's definitely the biggest buzz that we had and part, part of that was definitely three years away and, and, and missing it but 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 it, but it, honestly, the 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 um, just the atmosphere was just so positive. And the one thing I didn't say actually, the other thing that people really care about is the awards. So we give out awards every year, whether it be a UK level at a sort of a continental EMEA level or a, a global level. And our partners really love to get an award; they really do. Um, so the awards, the awards night that we did um, uh, midway through for the UK, particularly, was a real highlight. Not not just because. We saw the joy and the genuine excitement from the winners, but also those who maybe wanted to win and didn't, just the genuine sense of kind of camaraderie and support that they had for the people who had won was was, was brilliant. So uh, that, that was another key thing that I was, um, I was really proud to be part of. Brilliant. And just in the last few minutes um, of this Tech Talk to round up is – I guess in your role, you probably have like some key messages that you're always just trying to get out there. So take this podcast as a soapbox opportunity in the last few minutes. What is the sort of key message in your role that you would like to try and kind of express to partners, to people within Cisco or to people without Cisco about the importance of the channel or anything really? Key messages. This is your opportunity to share. So basically, I have to do an elevator pitch to you. Yeah, you something like that. Right. It's, 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 only my, it's only my second day back at work, so this is this isn't this may not go well. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, harsh. It's harsh. The, the first, the first one, you know, more broadly to our partner community would be would be that we are absolutely in it with you. We 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 see really significant opportunity to grow your businesses alongside you. We feel that when we get it right together with our partner community. We are the most profitable vendor for them to work with. And we are loyal, loyal, loyal to our partners. And we want to build that sense of community. So that's that's one really clear statement that I want to make. The second one is that um, we are making this shift as a business really fast towards becoming a more software and what we call lifecycle focused business, which I can go back, go back to that. If you're going to sell software to a company, they best use it. It best get it best get implemented. It best get adopted, and ideally, it best get expanded. Otherwise, that that customer has not 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 seen the value of, of of what they've what they've paid good money for. So, the partners that are going to be successful with us in the next 
two, three, four, five years plus are the partners that really grasp two things. Number one is that Cisco is now a software company and developing an ability to position um, Cisco software is critical to our joint success. And, and just as importantly, uh, growing a, a practice that allows you to have a conversation with your customers as channel partners um, to, to ensure that that, that, that that value is squeezed out of that investment is going to be absolutely critical. That's the second one. And I think the third one is, well, there could be loads of different ones. The third one is that what we what we want to do, particularly with those larger partners, we want to really get under the skin of your business. We want to be really curious. We don't want to sit here and pontificate and tell you about how great Cisco is and, and what we what we can do for you. We want to really understand what motivates you, where you want to take your business, whether it's with niche capability, whether it's, you know, whether it's having a really strong, making a strong name for yourself in that software and lifecycle world, whatever it might be. Um, we want to work with you to enable you to be even more successful at by by explaining to you how to you know, use all these quite, I'm not going to use the word complex, these quite detailed programs and incentives that, that are there that, that that really, really work for you and your business only when we really understand you. So can we build a joint long-term vision with you aligned to where you're going to take your business, not to align where we're taking ours? Um, and and we, you know, we, we absolutely are, are bought into building these long-term plans, not acting month to month or quarter to quarter or year to year. We want to be talking on three, four, five-year horizons with you. Um, and that's that's really important as well. I'll leave it at that. You nailed that. So I don't know if we were recording when I said that we were going to put the shared timer on WebEx, but we did. And you finished that little pitch with 10 seconds to go. So well, well done, Tom. I, I had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we swear by it. For anybody that is using WebEx, you're not aware of the shared timer app. Really, really beneficial app, especially for meetings and podcast recording. I know, it's super easy. It's just in your apps and then you search it and it's called shared timers. So it's really easy to use and you can um, well, share it. So well, Alice, who runs, runs all of our round tables, she's going to get a message in a second to, to say, right, sort out shared timers for our next. Um, sure, like, oh, like Rosie and Clay give me more work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you so much for rounding that up so succinctly. Um, and hats off to you for being our first guest of the year. It's never easy to come back. There's always a bit of brain fog in the first week or so back after the holidays. So, yeah, you've set a precedent. You've set a really high bar for the next guest on our Tech Talk. So, well done on that, Dom. Thank you for the invitation. I would, I would have done a better job in about a week's time when I finally got my, my brain unfogged. Well, you're um, great. No, but, you're brilliant. Um, thank, you for, um, thank you for asking me.